Let's get scratching. We got an explosive broadcast coming to you. Listen up. Sega games, just keep playing them. Sega! We're back. It's the Sega Bit Swing Report Show. Get ready for Sega interviews and news with George and Barry. Hello and welcome to the Sagabit Swing and Report Show. I'm Barry with News George. Hello, everybody. And uh, we're back. It's been a little bit since George and I have uh, both taken the mic together. But we are here, episode 88, talking to Tyler of Screaming Villains. And he is working on the Night Trap 25th anniversary remake, re-release. What, what do you prefer? What re do you like? Oh... Uh. I mean, like with remaster, it's basically taking the previous asset, assets and updating them, which in this case, it's the video, but then it's also a remake because it's getting completely redone from scratch. Like it's, it's an entirely new game being built. So it's like a weird combination between the two. Okay. Um, well, before- port, it doesn't really fall in the category of port either, which a lot of people seem to think it's just a port, but it's not that at all. Okay. Cool. I I want to get I want to dive deep into the development, but before we get into that, I always like to ask people, um, what were your favorite games and consoles when you were growing up? Um, I was originally a Nintendo guy. Like I was really hardcore in an eight-bit Nintendo Entertainment System. But I think everyone that's in games now, like especially in my age group, because I'm in my thirties now. I mean, we all grew up on that system, obviously. And then um. Once Sega Genesis came out, I was a full-blown Sega kid. So I was like super hardcore into Sega. And then, then Dreams happened and kind of soured my opinion on it, honestly. But I think that, that happened with a lot of people. And then um, that's when I kind of jumped to PlayStation. I've pretty much been a PlayStation guy ever since. Nice. And so did, did any of those early childhood experiences, I, I'd assume, lead to what you're doing now in developing games? I'm sorry, what was that? You kind of cut out a little bit. Oh, that's no problem. So I'm assuming your early childhood experiences led to your current uh, work in game development. Yeah, it was like, it was something I always wanted to do when I was ever since being a kid. And then it kind of got derailed after high school. Because um, <clears throat> like I was talking about it in high school too, like, oh, I'm going to make games, when I make games. And then after high school was over with, I did, I made that whole, that whole mistake where I was all like, Oh, now school's done. I'm going to take a year off and then go back. And then turned out that doesn't actually happen. So, um, then I kind of ended up doing like playing in a bands and kind of ended up in that by accident. And then, um, was kind of in a fairly big band at the time and was getting offered record deals. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a rock star, blah, blah, blah. And that didn't happen. (laughs) And so finally, um, Around the time of my 10-year high school reunion, I want to say, uh, one of my uh, best friends from high school I kind of lost contact with over the years, he randomly tracked me down on Facebook, and he was working at Activision, and then um, he was like, why aren't you making games? Because you always talked about it, and I'm just like, I don't know. It kind of didn't happen that way. I mean, stuff happens, nothing I can do about it, and then he was all like, dude, you need to get into it, and then he just kind of forced me into it, and... I'm just running with it now. <laughs> so uh, I just have a question. Uh, what was your band's name and what kind of music do you guys play? Um, this was back in um, 2001. It was called V-Mob. We used to play new metal. Okay, okay. It was like in the height of that era, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so when, I mean, your group is called Screaming Villains. Uh, when did you guys begin and why did you choose that name? Um, it basically began when Night Trap started. Cause I mean, like when, uh, when Night Trap first came up, I knew I had to come up with a company name eventually. And I just kind of kept putting it off. And then, um, once the Sony and Microsoft thing came up, I was like, okay, I really do have to come up with a company name now. And I tried was it wasn't available because I wanted to get a name that had a domain name available so people could easily find it. And for like two or three weeks, I couldn't come up with anything. And then it was, uh, I came up like I wanted to do something with super villains because like, uh, back in, um, when I was doing the whole band thing at one point, me and my brother was going to start a band and I wanted to call it villains of Gotham. Cause I was really hardcore in a Batman so I started thinking of like old band names I came up with. And then uh, super villains was obviously taken because it's a com very common name and there was no way I was going to get a domain name with that. And then I was like, well, the SV looks cool when you have it as initials. And then I kind of just settled on screaming villains. It was just something that randomly popped up and I was like, okay, that name's good enough. I can't come up with anything else and the domain names available. So let's go with that. <laughs> So I mean, I wish there was a cooler story behind it, but that's pretty much it. Is it a is it a one man team? Yeah, it's just me right now. So it's you're the you're the villain. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Um, and uh, before there was a Kickstarter back in 2014 uh, for mm -hmm. Night Trap uh, revamp. How did this project start up after that project died? I guess. Um. Well, after the Kickstarter died. Um. Like, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Night Trap group on Facebook. I'm not sure if you are or not. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of people, in, like those guys for years, they were trying to get uh, Night Trap to get remade by contacting uh, the owners, Tom Zito and Jim Riley. And then, um, but then uh, nobody was ever really, like there was a lot of programmers in there, but none of them was ever really trying to uh, create the game themselves and try to get it officially remade, which I didn't understand that because I was just like, okay, well, you, a lot of you guys know how to make games so why aren't you guys trying to you know create it yourself and then presenting it to them and then the closest was uh that web browser version and then um i think he just kind of did that as a hobby and on his spare like in a spare time and then after almost a year it wasn't really going anywhere so then i was like you know what i'm gonna go ahead and try to remake it which it kind of started out as a joke honestly and then um because we really i made i made like a working prototype to run on an android phone stuck it on youtube anonymously just to see if any websites would pick it up just because I was just curious to see what would happen and what the reaction would be. And then um, once that video hit about two days after it, a few websites, they started co contacting Tom Zito about it, asking if he knew anything about it and if he was involved with it. And um, I think you guys were one of them that did too, actually. And, um, yeah. 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 And then, um, so then after that, I was just like, then uh, you guys contacted him. And then FMV World, they contacted uh, Rob Fulop, who's also an owner. And then at that point, I was just like, well, they already know about it. So I'm going to go ahead and email them and see what happens. And then I emailed Tom Zito at like three in the morning and then I uh, was like, hey, my name's Tyler. I made this blah, blah, blah. Just sent a very brief email. Then got a reply back within 10 minutes, which I wasn't expecting since it was 3 a.m. And then um, and then uh, he uh, just asked a couple general questions about it, like, what was the file size? How did I build it? How long did it take me to make it? Like just general stuff like that. And then he asked me for my phone number and said he was going to give me the call the next day. And then 
next day, about two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I get a call and uh, we start talking about it. And then about five minutes into it, he's just like, what do you want to do with this? And I was just like, well, I kind of want to release it. That's cool with you. And then he was like, all right, we need to get you a licensing deal. Let's go ahead and get this set up. And then that's how it happened. Wow. Are you surprised that it went down that smoothly? Yeah. Um, like, cause like I know a lot of people were trying to get it remade themselves and I was just like, this was way too easy. Why didn't anyone, why wasn't anyone able to pull this off before? So I think it was just like, I know they were wanting to get, get it released, but I think the problem was, is that a lot of people were approaching them saying, Hey, we want night trap re-released, but nobody actually presented them anything that was already fully running and working. And which uh, I did. And I think that's what kind of sped it up. Yeah, so why did you want to do Night Trap? Is there a reason why this game you picked? Um, it wasn't any specific reason. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of Night Trap, of course. And um, I think it was just like I was kind of uh trying to recreate FMV games on my own just to experiment. And then my whole thing was like, if you're gonna recreate one, why not Night Trap? Because that's the most well known one, in my opinion. And then yeah. um that was pretty much the way I kind of looked at it, really. Okay, so uh, you uh, you guys announced a deal with Limited Run Games to do three variant print covers, at least, or three releases, right? Yeah, there's going to be three different covers, and they're all based off the original Sega releases. And uh, so how did that deal come about? Like, did you contact them, or did they contact you? Uh, they contacted me. What, ha- um, what happened was... is um. I don't know if you guys know this. It's kind of floating around on Twitter, but we haven't really made any huge announcements about it yet. But uh, there's actually a brand new documentary for Night Trap. There's um, going to be a 20-minute version that's in YouTube. That's Or not YouTube, I'm sorry. There's a 20-minute version that's going to be in the actual game itself. And then there's going to be an hour-long version that gets released on YouTube before the game's released. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the guys that were making that documentary they uh, had done a documentary on limited run games a few months earlier. And um, while we were making the documentary, they, the guy is, uh, they kept bringing it up like, Hey, you guys should contact limited run and, and have them do a physical release. And I was like, I don't know, maybe just it's too early right now. We'll talk about it later. And then occasionally he kept bringing it up. Uh, Corey, the one of the guys from uh, the guys that did the documentary. And then um, the day they came to my house to do uh, my interview portions for it, he brought it up again and was all like, yeah, you should really contact limited run since you're almost finished with the game. They're huge Sega fans. They'll be all over this. And then I was just like, all right, go ahead and send him an email and tell him, you know, that I'm interested. And then he was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. And then not even 10 minutes later, I got an email from limited run. They were like, dude, we want to release night trap for you physically. And I was like, awesome. Let's do it. (laughs) Wow. So everything really just fell into place. It doesn't sound like there were any huge development snags. Really? Right. Yeah. It was very, it was weird. Like I'm honestly shocked at how well everything turned out and how easy it was to do everything. Like, like even um, when I applied to Sony to get, get it released on PlayStation, um, once the game was approved, uh, I got an email from the guy that was assigned as my account manager. And then even he was all like, dude, this is awesome that you're bringing night trap to modern day consoles. I actually have a copy of the 3DO version sitting on my desk. <laughs> I'm just like, what? This is like too perfect. It seems like <laughs> Yeah. So what what do you think makes Night Trap unique from all the other FMV games? Like why is that the ultimate ones to a lot of people? I think it's because it was it's uh I mean it's not technically the first one, but it's considered as the first one. Mm-hmm. And um 
I think it's that. And then of course the history around it and the whole, I think like, I think it has like a trying to think of a way to word, word this. It has like a weird history to it to where it's kind of like, it's kind of like an, I look at it as like an urban legend in gaming to where like a lot of gamers today, they've never played the game before, but they know about it. And they kind of assume that all these things are in this game that aren't actually there. And I think that's why it kind of has the following it has now. Hmm. Yeah, I know growing up, I would always hear about it. I didn't I didn't have a Sega CD or a 32X to um, experience those versions, but I would always hear about it as a kid. And it was like that risque, it was almost, I'd almost say it was almost like the Playboy magazine that you find under your like older brother's bed. You know what I mean? Right, it's right, like, exactly. That's that's definitely one good way to compare it. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just like, you know, you're not supposed to play it, but it's like, why it's on my Sega machine. It, it should be good. 3DO. Like that's not, that's not a naughty machine. Right. Um, so I'm curious. So uh, ever since that you got the approval to make it, how involved have the original developers been? And really who, who are the original developers? Cause I know Tom Zito's name is mentioned a lot, but is, is there anyone else that's very important to the game and to your work on it? Yeah, there's um, they're not really involved with the development process. Um, but the people that own the game, it's Tom Zito who was the producer of it. Uh, Jim Riley, he was the co-creator, the director, and the writer of Night Trap. Uh, Rob Fulop, he's a co-creator on it too. And then Mark Klein, I believe he was uh, one of the founders of Digital Pictures. So those four guys, uh, the same ones that were in the Kickstarter video, those same guys own it. And um. As far as their involvement goes, they're not really involved with the, with the development process. Uh, usually when I talk to them, it's just Zito trying to uh, basically getting updates on things as to what's going on and what my progress is so far. And then whenever I want to do something, I kind of have to run it through him to get his approval since they own the game. But other than that, that's pretty much it. But uh, usually if it's, um, if it's like a business related thing, I go to Tom. But if it's something about the game itself, I usually go to Jim Riley. All right, uh, Night Trap gets like this label for being like a bad game. Why do you think mm -hmm. that is? Uh, just because people assume things about it that aren't accurate. Like, like I'm still seeing today that people think that Night Trap is a rape simulator, and you guys have played it. It's nothing like that at all. So yeah. it's like it has this very false history about it, which kind of sucks. I mean, it, I mean, it gets people talking about it, but at the same time, it's like, no, that none of these things are in that game. So I think it was kind of weird when you announced it. It was like I only saw two kind of opinions on the whole thing. It was either some they were really, really excited or they were really angry about it. Like they were like, why? Why would you do this? Why would you release this? And then like the other side was like, oh, finally, somebody's re releasing it. Finally. So it's yeah, like it was it was weird. And it was like it was honestly a reaction I wasn't expecting because like leading up to the announcement i knew like i was convinced that the game was going to get a lot of crap from people just because it's night trap because i mean if you go to youtube and look up night trap videos a lot of times it's just people purposely bad like purposely playing the game very badly acting like they don't know how to play it when it's not a difficult game at all and they kind of badmouth it just to make fun of it which i totally get it's just a way to make your channel more popular and get more views on a video because it's funny which I, I totally understand that, but it's just like when the when it got announced, it was like it was not the reaction I was expecting at all. Like I wasn't expecting it for pretty much every video any video game website you could possibly think of covered it, 
like IGN even did like a couple of five minute interviews talking about the release, which that blew me away. And then even Rolling Stone magazine talked about it too. And then as far as the fans go, it was like, holy crap, this game's finally come out. I can finally get to play it. And then the, there was like, of course there was people that were still unhappy about it, but it was not nearly as many as I thought it would be. And like you said, the only comments was why, and nobody asked for this. And honestly, it's like, Nobody asked for a DuckTales remake, and that game was awesome. So why not do a Night Trap remake? Because Sega CD games aren't really getting remade, so why not? And uh, what do you think about the media or the mainstream game coverage media uh, coverage of this release? Like, you think it was positive or was it... uh... I think it was pretty positive for the most part. I mean, there's a couple of negative ones, but... I wouldn't say it was negative to the point where they just completely trashed the game. I think they just kind of made a couple of negative comments here, here and there that were trying to be funny. So that's how I yeah. kind of look at it. Um, so how does Night Trap compare in new hardware compared to playing it on the 32 Sega CD or whatever original? <laughs> it's like came out in 32X and Sega CD, so it's like, what? Right. <laughs> yeah. What was the first part of the question? They kind of cut um, out on that one. Oh, uh, what is it like playing on modern hardware compared to the old version of the game? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. <laughs> I can barely do it. <laughs> on the old stuff, it's just impossible? Yeah. It's just like when you play the new one and then go back to the old one, it's like you don't want to go back to the old one. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's it's not the same type of game, but I know that Space Ace I cannot play that in arcades. But right. I play the DVD, like the home DVD version or whatever new version they make, and it's a lot a lot faster response time. Videos don't take time to load. Um, I mean, does your version address these sorts of things? Yeah, there's um, I want to say I'm trying to think of the load times on it. There's no load times when you change rooms. It's instant. The only time I can think of where there's actually loading times is um, trying to think. I think when you hit start game and then when it actually starts playing, I think there's only 10 seconds there and that's about it. Wow. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you put like a version in it that's like uh, specifically bad, like the old uh, Sega version. That way that people that want to feel nostalgic and want to suffer, they just press the button and then like it downgrades the video and it, it adds loading. Well, like, yeah, I almost did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, George, you make a good point there because, you know, you did ask, why does it get flack for being a bad game? And I think really it's a good game. It was just on, I wouldn't say bad hardware, but it was on hardware that wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I say the same thing. Like there's a good game buried in Night Trap. It's just, it was limited by the hardware it was released. Because what a lot of people don't know is that, I mean, I'm sure you guys do uh, being Sega fans and all. Like, you're not going to know this unless you're fans of Night Trap, like real hardcore fans. But like the game was originally made five years earlier and it was intended to be released on an entirely different console that ended up getting canceled. So a lot of people don't realize is that the game was was they basically took a five year old game and tried to make it with make it work with hardware that was available later. And it wasn't created with that hardware in mind. So it's not going to be the best version when you kind of go about it that way. Hmm. And there was there was stuff that I'm trying to remember. There was stuff in the Sega versions that was not in the 3DO version. Is is that correct? No. Um. A lot of 
things that like one thing that a lot of people think this is kind of goes around the whole urban legend thing too like a lot of people assume that the game was heavily censored when it was pulled from shelves and then re-released and no it's the same game so <laughs> i think the only thing that was different between the sega and the 32 uh, not 32x well yeah i guess 32x also the only thing different between sega cd and 32x and 3do was that um all the scenes involving commander sims so in the Sega CD version, it has them with the Sega controller, and then they refer to them as the Sega control attack team instead of the special control attack team. But the reason it was done that way was because um, Digital Pictures didn't release the original version of Night Trap. It was actually licensed to Sega. So then they released that version. That's why it has all those Sega references in there. And then once the Senate hearings happened, and then uh, Sega pulled the game off shelves, off the shelves, they no longer carried the license and then it went back to digital pictures and then they re-released it on other platforms like 3DO and 32X and PC. And that's why all those Sega references are gone. Hmm. And are, are the Sega references in this version? No, they're not. I could imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Right. <laughs> um, is there anything that you can reveal about the upcoming remake that you have not told anybody else, even the smallest uh, thing or the biggest thing? trying to think of something I can announce. Um, there are a lot of things I haven't announced yet. I just trying to figure out which one I can tell you now. Um, well, I guess we can go ahead and talk about this. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but there was, um, I had released a teaser earlier today showing a leaderboard. So there is online functionality with the new night trap. And the way that works is, um, it's actually a new uh, mode in the game called survivor. And the way it works is that um, it basically works in rounds. For each round, you'll have augs that appear randomly throughout the house. But at the start of each round, you have to, mm -hmm. um, there's a code change to where there's a little light on the monitor that you're looking at that flick that changes colors. And whatever color it flashes, you need to switch that code color, catch all the augs. And then if you catch enough, you'll move to the next round. And then it's the same again. And then as you progress through this, the SCAT team system starts gradually losing signal and those uh, live thumbnails that show all the rooms in real time, they start getting obscured with static. So as you get further in the game, the basically the video quality lowers. So, <laughs> Oh, so you guys added like, did you guys record any new footage or is this just like footage from the game that was made before? Uh, yeah, it's all the original footage. So you didn't you didn't special edition it or anything? <laughs> no, no. There's no new there's no like new re newly recorded footage, but there is footage in the game that nobody has ever seen before. Oh, nice. Okay, so that yeah, I guess that kind of slightly answers my next question was: Can we expect deleted scenes, bloopers, additional material? Yeah, there's um there are uh, there's no bloopers. I wouldn't say not that just because um it, nobody had it. Well, uh, the way like the footage it came off of um the original timed masters that was intended for the conversion that was going to be released on control vision. So they didn't have any film laying around that had other scenes available or any bloopers or behind the scenes stuff. So what I got was basically what was supposed to be in the game, but luckily there were scenes in there that didn't show up in the Sega version. So there are going to be scenes that nobody's ever seen before. Oh, and nice. um, one of them is, uh, <clears throat> Some people know about this, but others don't. If you, um, on the original releases of the game, like in the game files, there's a video in there 
where um, it shows Commander Sims getting captured in the living room. So that is back in the game that I did put in there. Oh, cool. Um, so what do you think about making a Nintendo Switch version? Have you, is that in discussion or you have any plans? I tried, but honestly, I don't think Nintendo's interested. Oh, really? So you've had conversations with at least email-wise? Yeah, it was a weird situation. I honestly don't even know what happened. It was like I pitched it to them, and then they were on board with it and basically approved it, and then two days later, they changed their mind. Oh, that's, yeah, there's been a lot of, I've seen comments, people asking if there's going to be a Nintendo Switch version, so hopefully they change their mind. I mean, I I would... It's, it's I think sucks, it's pretty cool. like I honestly I would I would love to get that game on Nintendo. I would just love to get a game on a Nintendo system in general because I mean that's what got me started in gaming. So why would I not want to release a game on there? Um so if you had an option to remake any other digital pictures game, which one would you choose? Uh probably double switch. W- why that one? Um, with those digital pictures games, Double Switch was the first one I really got into because when I first played Night Trap, I think I was only in about sixth grade and I honestly didn't understand the game. I didn't know what was going on. And then um, just because it was so new at the time, it was like a completely different thing and different from everything else that was out there. And then a couple years later, when Sega Saturn came out, they they re-released Double Switch on there. And then when I played that, I was like, okay, this game is awesome. I love this game, you know? Cause, and plus, the thing that appealed to me about it was that it had celebrities in it, like Corey Haim, and then um, Blondie was in there, too. And um, if you grew up in period, you knew who Corey Haim was, just because of Lost Boys and Lucas and all the other movies he did. And um, I thought that was cool, because that wasn't really done in games very often. And then after I played that, I went back to Night Trap about a year or two later, and I was like, okay, I finally get this game. This game is awesome. So it kind of t- it took Double Switch to turn me on to Night Trap. And um, plus Double Switch, it's kind of like the spiritual successor slash sequel to Night Trap because it's really, it basically takes the idea of Night Trap and improves on everything and fixes everything. That's how I always looked at it. I'm curious, um, you know, it's kind of going off script here, but uh, what are some of your favorite modern games and maybe even games that you feel kind of carry on the tradition of FMV games, even if it's not actual filmed video? Um, I think a lot of games kind of carry on the tradition more than people would realize. Like, uh, like God of War, for example. I love God of War. That's one of my favorite uh, series going on right now. And... um. Like quick time events, I think, I mean, those are basically from FMV games, really. Because FMV games, they're basically a long series of quick time events. That's how I always thought of it. But um, I think the ones that kind of carry on, the tr- like I know there's a lot of FMV games out now. It's kind of slowly starting to make a comeback. But I think um, games that aren't necessarily FMV but still carry the tradition, I think... Heavy Rain and Until Dawn are very good examples. Mm. Yeah, I definitely agree on Heavy Rain. Um, I love Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is basically like a modern-day Sega CD game done right. <laughs> so, such a strange game, too. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you want to talk <laughs> weird games. Um, so I guess Have you played Until Dawn? I haven't, no. George, have Dude, you? Dude, Until I Dawn's awesome. Played you I, haven't I, played it either? No, I haven't. I might give it a try. I've heard people ask, tell me, like, you haven't played it, like, you have to, so I might it's have to great. check it's it out. It's awesome how they did that game. Like, it's just like Heavy Rain, 
but um to where you can like you know like do different there's like alternate uh branches and storylines and stuff and so forth but like the way they do it is super clever because like like um the game's divided into 10 chapters but then when you complete a chapter and start the next one it has this title scar this title card on the screen where it says previously on until dawn and then it shows like a quit bunch of clips basically recapping the previous events in the game and it looks like it looks like a preview for a TV show. It's it's pretty rad how they did it. You need to play it. Okay, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'll add that to my list. Um, <laughs> well, I guess before I get to the last question, I did want to ask you, you know, like anything else you want to say about the game? Maybe where people can go to follow you, to find out more about the game, keep up on the release date, things like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, of course, just facebook.com slash screamingvillains, but recommend twitter it's uh at screamingville with two l's just because i'm more active on twitter uh as far as updates go and so forth and then stupid facebook algorithms nobody even sees anything when you post something on there unless you pay money so yeah Twitter's the best way to go if you want to stay up to date on it nice and then there's that vinyl release that um sold out very quickly i don't i don't know how much involvement you had on that but congratulations on just how quick that disappeared Oh, thank you. <laughs> I swear, I, there's gonna be another one too. I swear, I came on the computer and then it was already sold out. I was like, "What? It came out when? What? Oh, yeah." Like I have like a crazy sleeping schedule right now because of working on Night Trap. And then I told my girlfriend, I was all like, "Hey, wake me up in the morning at about eleven thirty so I can buy a copy." And then, um, like I was already getting one, but I still wanted to buy it just because I wanted to buy something that I was involved with. And then, um, she woke me up at eleven thirty. <laughs> and I was like, is the page up yet? And she's like, no, it still says coming soon. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to bed. Wake me back up at noon. Then she gets me up 30 minutes later. I'm like, is the page up? No, it still says coming soon. All right, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> one, then about one o'clock, she wakes me up again. And I'm like, is the page up? It's like, no, it says it's sold out. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I grabbed one of those real quick. And then within minutes, it was just gone. Oh, Yeah, I think they said... um they sold out in 11 minutes. I you, think... Oh, oh go sorry, ahead, George. I was going to say, uh, you're going to get a lot of salty comments after the limited run games of the actual physical version comes out because those things sell out so quickly and people get oh, so angry about it. Are you yeah, prepared I'm, for that? Uh, sort of. <laughs> like, um, when that came up, they originally brought up the idea of doing 5,000 copies of it, which is the highest they normally do. And then... Once the game got announced, um, they said that that was the biggest reaction they've ever got from any game that they've ever released. So they increased it to 8,000. And then we knew that uh, people were going to buy multiple copies because of the different covers. So the way they changed, the way we uh, went about that was um, the Sega CD cover, the blue one, and then the original one, when it's all red with the painting, that's going to be a reversible cover now to where you can just take it out and flip it around. So hopefully, a lot of everyone will be able to get a copy and there will be enough for anyone. Cause that should kind of hopefully lower the number of people that want two copies just because of the two different covers. That's good. And then the, um, the 32 X version, is that an exclusive to their like, uh, previous buyers, I guess. Yeah, they have a rewards program and, um, they're going to be the ones that have access to the 32 X version. But there's going to be a collector's edition as well to where the game comes in an oversized box. And it's going to come with um, a poster, uh, a cassette tape with all the, with the same songs that were on the vinyl. 
Um, it's going to have an embroidered SCAT team patch. Nice. And then some of those will randomly have 32X covers. Oh, man. Well, Tyler, I got to say, you better look out. That thing's going to sell out so quick. Yeah, <laughs> it probably will. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> exciting. crazy to me. <laughs> so why do you guys choose the 32X and Sega CD covers? Is that limited run games or is that like a joint decision you guys made? Uh, that was limited run. When they, um, when they approached me originally, um, they said that uh, – if I wanted to design the covers, I can. If they want, if I wanted them to do it, they do that too. And I was like, honestly, I'm so swamped with everything trying to get this game done. You guys can go ahead and design the covers because I'm sure what you come up with will be better than what I do anyway. Because <laughs> I mean, they've had several releases, so obviously they have experience doing it. And then they're like, "What do you think of recreating all the original uh, Sega covers?" I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Let's do it. So <laughs> that's how that came up. <laughs> nice. Well. I'm curious, what what advice would you give people who want to pursue a career in game development? I know you had a, a kind of long, winding road to where you got today. Um, I guess the best way, or the best advice I could give really is don't do what everyone else is doing and try to take an unconventional route. Because, like, that's basically what I did. Like, I didn't go to school for games or anything like that. I just watched an absurd amount of YouTube videos and just to learn and that's how I did it and then after that it was basically recreating digital picture games so I kind of snuck in through the back door by t- by doing games that nobody would ex- would think of doing so wow. I mean you just got to kind of go about it just kind of go about it in your own way but make it original I like to think that's what I did that's cool and who knows you might become the uh, digital pictures remake guy oh uh, I gotta <laughs> hope not <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like I have no problems releasing Night Trap as my first game, but I mean, with FMV developers, as soon as you release an FMV game, you're labeled as an FMV developer. So it's um, like the next game, I mean, I definitely want to do Double Switch eventually, but it's not saying that's going to happen, but I would like to. But if the ne- if that isn't the next game, then it's probably I'm probably going to take a very sharp left turn and do something completely different. <laughs> Uh, you did say that Double Switch has a lot of uh, actors in it. Uh, do you have to get permission from the actors, or is there like a contract that Digital Pictures did that they could re-release the game whenever they want? Yeah, they have an agreement set up like that. Because with, with gaming at the time, um, I think it's still going on too. Actors, they don't really get royalties on sales. They just kind of have like a standard agreement to where they appear in this for in, in the game for a fee, and then after that, it's whatever the developers want to do and they don't have to get any permission or anything like that. At least that's how the digital picture games were. I mean, it could be different now, but did you talk to any of the old actors from, uh, yeah, actually, um, I did, uh, Andres Jones who played Jeff Martin. He actually contacted me, which was kind of surprising because he was in a, he was in nightmare in M street four. He was the karate guy. So it was kind of like, I'm on the phone with him and I'm just like, I used to emulate this guy when I was a kid doing all of his karate moves while watching Nightmare on M Street. So now I'm on the phone with him. So that was kind of weird. That's awesome. And uh, one thing I did notice that you, in your career path that you chose is to get up and do it yourself. Like, I feel like a lot of people do the whole, I'm going to comment, I wish I had this game. And then they, they have the talent to do it, but they don't have that last motivation to like email the creators like you did. And, right. uh, and you, like you said, it was easy. I think... A lot of people don't take that last push, you know? Yeah, one thing I've noticed with a lot of um, developers that are kind of doing it as a hobby or trying to break into the industry, it seems like 
like it'll be one person working on a game by themselves and then three years later they're still working on the same one they're like this is my masterpiece blah 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 and it has to be right and it's just like at some point you have to stop and move on to the next one or else you're not going to get any further in the industry and you're not going to progress or learn anything new so it's basically like there has to be a point to where you need to stop and move on to the next thing and like with gaming in general it has like a lot of developers um indie developers they kind of assume that it's a hard industry to break into it it really isn't like um like i posted a picture of um a, a picture of the box that the playstation vita development kit came in on um posted a picture of it on twitter and then um because i'm kind of experimenting with seeing if it's if it's possible to get night trap on vita and um i was getting like direct messages and uh comments from people like uh, hook a brother up can you tell me how you got this how do you get to make games for sony and it's like it's not hard just all you got all you literally have to do is go to google and type how to release a game on playstation and it's like the top result and all it is is just an application you fill out and submit it and that's it i mean it's not a hard process giving out all your secrets now people are going to know how to use google Right. <laughs> Google holds the answers to everything. Oh man! Well, hey, thanks to Google, we're recording this podcast, so you know, right? So yeah, exactly. um, well, hey, Tyler, I wanted to thank you so much for taking your time to to talk with us. I know you're still. I'm assuming you're hard at work at the game, or has it gone gold yet? The game's going through testing right now. It is finished, but it did fail testing. Kind of a funny reason uh, story behind that. Um, when I first started the game, when I was configuring all the settings, you have to put in a rating for the game because consoles have a parental lock setting now to where you can restrict games based on the rating. And with Night Trap, I uh, put in the M rating, but then a couple months later, when I applied a rating through the ESRB, it got a teen rating. Completely forgot about that, never changed it. So the game actually failed testing because I had the wrong rating on it. So, um, I just got to correct that and submit a new version and testing process only takes a couple of days. So it's oh. not going to get, it's not going to cause a delay or anything like that, but yeah, that's pretty much where it's at now, but nice. it is finished. Nice. Well, George, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. I'm looking yep. forward to it. Um, and you know, once we get it in our hands, there will be an official review posted up that dozens will read. Absolutely. Dozens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a slam on us, not on you for sure. Cause that game is going to sell out within seconds. I, I'm almost dreading, I'm dreading buying night trap more than I'm dreading buying the SNES mini. Because yeah. I, at least with SNES mini, I can, I can stand not owning that, but I got to get night trap on my shelf. That's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Like I honestly don't know what to expect because I mean, I knew people were going to be stoked about it, but, I didn't think it would be on the level that it reached. So it's, I have no idea what the game's going to do at this point. <laughs> That's the exciting thing. And I mean, yeah. we're really proud of you. So, you know, once it releases, congratulations. And uh, congratulations for as far as you've gotten so far. It's amazing. Yeah, um, thank you. So again, that game is Night Trap. It's the 25th anniversary edition. I can't believe it's been that long. And you can learn more at ScreamingVillains.com. You can also go to LimitedRunGames.com, though I don't think they have anything posted just yet at the time of us posting this. But, you know, refresh. That's what I do. Um, so again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll be on the lookout for your future work. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.
Swing and Report Show is a production of SegaBits. SegaBits is a fan site that is not in any way officially affiliated with Sega. Sonic the Hedgehog and all Sega-related trademarks are copyright Sega. All other featured trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Don't forget to check out SegaBits.com, and you can find us on all major social networks. Just search SegaBits. Okay.